In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, amen. Well, I skipped a Sunday being out of town, but uh, I'm going to go back to the basic topic I was talking about on the 1st of January, which was family life. I'd like to continue some points about family life, married life, to help our families to be hopefully closer and holier. We know that Satan tries to attack and destroy marriage in the family. And as I see it, his attacks center upon a couple different points. First of all, the, the, the authority of the father, the role of the father, and then also the true role of motherhood. He also attacks the unity of the family. And uh, understand this well. If Satan cannot physically separate the family, he will try to do so at least in spirit, so that the family may actually be physically together, but spiritually, mentally, miles apart. And that's also a victory for him. So he attacks the unity of the family in different ways. And then, of course, he also attacks the members of the family to put them at odds with one another, to get them to be jealous of one another, envious, angry, have hatred for one another, keep an unforgiving spirit, those kind of things. So perhaps three points to counter the attacks of Satan against the family today. The first would be authority and respect. And I would address these words to especially the father of a family. Remember that authority comes from God. Your authority as a father comes from God. That's not something that you should doubt. And your authority as a father does not disappear even when you make mistakes. You need to remember that and believe in that. It's very important, though, how you view your authority as a parent or especially as a father. Remember, it's a weak authority that always has to resort to threats. The father's authority, rather, should be primarily through his example. He should be firm when necessary, but always tempered by fairness and goodness always in all things fair and good. What the father of a family should aim at establishing is that his family, especially his children, obey him out of a spirit of fearing to displease him. But fearing to displease him not because they're going to get punished, but rather because they love their father. That's the ideal. That's what you would shoot for as a father of a family, that your children, your family would obey you because they love you and they fear to displease you. 
Now that takes time. And when children are little, they don't, they don't understand that yet, so you need to use discipline and some fear of punishment. But gradually, little by little, hopefully that is replaced with a true love for their father. It's also an extremely important point that both parents support the respect for one another, especially in the eyes of their children. Husband and wife should not be critical of each other in the presence of their children, should always speak well of each other. I think that's very important. Perhaps more so of the wife because the wife is with the children normally more often than, than the man is. So the, the views of the wife often become the views of the children. Dear lady, it's your job to make your kids think that they have the best dad in the whole world. And you know they probably do. But whatever, however, whatever image you have, you might say, of your spouse, that's going to rub off on your children. So if you are very critical of your spouse, if, you, if your spouse never measures up to your expectations, well, chances are your children will either think along the similar lines or at least have a very low opinion of their father. But dear ladies, if you speak highly of your spouse, if you're very tolerant and forgiving of his faults, the children will be the same. The image that you portray, be careful of how it comes out, because even if it's in your heart, even if you love in your heart, how do you manifest it? What are you saying? Because that's what's going to affect others. So support and the, the love and the respect for each other. The second point is simplicity. Now the devil tries to destroy the families by dividing them, and I'm saying that simplicity is a way of keeping unity in the family in a hectic world. Be very simple in the way that you live. We're trying to form a spirit of virtue in ourselves, in our families, in our children. One of the main enemies of that virtue is materialism. Well, dear fathers, once again I address this to you. Be sure that your spouse and your children sense and know that the material things of this world are not the things that matter the most. That's a message that has to come through loud and clear to your family, not primarily by your words, but by your example, by your actions. I think that that's very important. How you act when, for example, 
certain material possessions you have are lost or damaged or broken. How you react at those times is very important because that will kind of speak volumes to your family as to what you think is really the most important. Don't overemphasize the material things. Don't make a huge deal out of them. They have their importance, yes. But what is it compared to the family life? What is the value of our possessions compared to the relationship between the different members of the family or virtue? It's nothing. Dear friends, we need to take care that our number one virtue is not taking care of our stuff. Okay, I know it's important to teach children to take care of things. But what I'm saying is be careful that that is not perceived as the number one most important virtue, to take care of your stuff. It's not. Because if they get that impression, they will think material things are the most important things. I'm saying be careful not to give that impression. I think it's also very important for parents and especially for a father to be content with his lot in life. Be content with the portion that God has given him. Now, I don't mean you can't strive to improve or to succeed, but if you are striving for something more, be sure you do it with a spirit of peace, with a certain amount of acceptance of whatever might happen. Why is that important? Because if you don't do it with a spirit of peace, you're striving to succeed, you're striving to improve, there will always be a certain amount of turmoil in your soul, and that's going to overflow into your family life. There will always be turmoil in your family then, and that's not something that you want. Rather, be content with what you have. You can try always to improve, to do better. But be in a spirit of peace, a spirit of acceptance. And it will bring peace to your entire family. And it will speak, your actions and your words will speak to your children. If you're content with less, so will they be. If you're content with what God has provided here and now, even though it may involve some suffering, some inconvenience, they will learn the same spirit. Be simple in what you do. If you can, simplify your life. If you're running at 100% capacity all day long, every day, and you have absolutely no time for anyone, especially your family, well then, dear, dear friend, you need to try to simplify your life, if at all possible. Cut back on some non-essentials. But save that family time. Save that time with your family. And if you're a father, 
Don't let anything cut into that family time so long as you can help it. Use all your energy and stubbornness and whatever else you have and apply it to that point. Don't let things take over and cut into your family time. Work obviously does that. So does TV. So do computer and internet. So do perhaps other things. I don't know. But as much control as you have, exert it there and be very convinced and firm about keeping that time for your family. Simplifying. Recreate in a simple way. You know, sometimes we, we put as much energy, dear friend, well, not energy, but I would say expense and trouble and worry into our recreation as we do into our work or other things. And then it's not real recreation because if we're worried about it or if it troubles us, then it's not really recreating our soul like it should be. So keep recreation fairly simple. Generally speaking, the simpler the better, and try to do it together. The things like family walks and family games, these are probably the best things of all. And the third point would be love. Love is the most important thing in the family. But you know, very often the love is in the heart, but it's not shown like it should be. It's very important that it be shown through our actions, words and actions. The love in the family starts with the husband and wife loving God. How do the husband and wife show that they love God? They show it by being faithful to the commandments and the moral teachings of the church. Our Lord Jesus Christ said, if you love me, keep my commandments. So if a husband and wife love God, they will keep the commandments, they will keep the laws of the church. It starts with that. And then there's the love between the husband and wife. They have to show that love for each other. It's not enough, dear spouses, that it be locked up somewhere in your heart. It has to come out. It has to be seen. It involves another person. Love is very much like a fire, you know. You build a fire. Okay, you build a fire, you start it out, it's great. It roars. But then what do you do? You have to keep feeding it. You have to put on the sticks continuously, all the time. And if you don't, what happens? The fire dies down low. And then you throw on a big log when it's really low and it doesn't work. It basically puts it out. See, love is like a fire. You have to feed it continuously with, with, with little things. Keep it burning. Keep it strong. So a husband and wife should 
show their love for each other by, me- by many little things, in many little ways. They do that, they're feeding that fire. It's an obligation, dear friends, that, that lasts as long as you'll be married. There's no point in time where you can say, okay, we've been married 25 years, now I don't have to do these things anymore. No, they're very important. The fire will go out. Well, perhaps, yes, after a number of years, hopefully it's stronger, but still, it will go out if you don't feed it, if you don't show your love. Then the love toward the par- of the parents toward the children. One point here. The infallible proof, at least in a child's eyes, that you love them is that you spend time with them. Infallible proof. Once again, this point would refer more, more to the fathers, but to both parents. Spend time with your children. It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter. So long as you're there. And I would say do things with them that you don't strictly have to do. You know, as a parent, you have to take care of them, make their meals, look after them, drive them around. You have to do a lot of things. You do them out of love, yes. But the child doesn't perceive that, you see. Not until they've gotten much older. But when they get older, they look back and they say, oh, oh, you know what? Mom and Dad were really taking care of me all those years out of love. But they don't see it that way when they're younger. What they see is the times that you spent with them when you didn't really have to. That's, that's how you prove your love in their eyes. So they'll remember things like the time we went for that family walk or the time we played that game together. That's what you remember as a kid. Think about it yourself. Go back in your memory. We generally don't remember how our mom made us meals day after day after day. We think about those little special things. Well, that's what what children are like. So I'm saying, dear parents, keep that in mind. Remember that. To prove your love for your children, spend a little extra time with them. Do things with them you don't really have to do. Very important. In their eyes, it's very important. And the last point would be family prayer. Obviously, What can we say about the importance of family prayer? It shouldn't be too complicated or overburdensome, but it should be faithfully done. You know, when when it comes to taking care of the needs of our body, eating and sleeping, we do them every day without fail. Wouldn't think of missing it. They're necessities. We have to. And if for some reason we forget to eat or sleep, our body reminds us. Well, what about our soul? Doesn't the soul have its needs, prayer being the most important of all? And yet how often we we neglect it. 
as a family. We let almost any excuse keep us from praying as a family, and it shouldn't be that way. Dear parents, make sure it's not just any excuse which keeps you from saying your family prayers. Make sure it's a very serious one if you miss, and you go right back to it the next day. And you know, if you find that if you're, if you're firm on this point, firm but good, and if everybody in the family realizes they can't get out of it, that they're going to pray together just like they're going to sit down and eat supper together, then it'll become so much the easier. See, it's when you realize that any excuse will get me out of it, then, then it's hard. Then you've got to round everybody up and combat their excuses. And, but if you say, no, this is just going to happen. This is part of our life. We need to do this. It'll be so much the easier. So those are just a few points to consider. Keep things as simple as you can. I think it's important in today's world. But don't neglect the family. That's, that's not an option. Show the love for one another. Firstly, between husband and wife, and between the kids. It needs to be shown. And pray. Pray that you do the right thing. Pray that you make the right decisions. Pray that things turn out okay in the eyes of God. During this Mass, let's pray for those graces. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen.